Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Perplexity, a mystery podcast. I am your host, Kadra, and as you can see, I'm back in the closet. We are trying video, so we will see what happens. Of course, if you're listening, you don't see the video, but feel free to check it out on YouTube, Perplexity Mystery Podcast, and I've got a great story for you guys today. Uh, Before we get into that, housekeeping things, if you have been enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to drop a five-star review, help a girl out, uh, follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube and you enjoy the story, subscribing would be amazing. Uh, you can also you know, share the podcast with your friends and family, share it on your socials. Please just everyone remember as you share, follow, and review the podcast, it's going to allow me to continue to bring you guys content and bring you better content. You can also send stories and interesting topic requests to me at my Gmail. That's perplexitymysterypodcast at Gmail. And you can also check out my TikTok and Instagram, Perplexity Mystery Podcast. If you missed last week's episode, I covered The Legend of Bloody Mary, and I had my sister on as a guest, so that was so much fun. Definitely go check that out if you missed it. And uh, without further ado, let's get into this story. are going to be talking about the Palazzo Dario, also known as the house that kills. And it is a haunted and allegedly cursed house in Venice, Italy. So trigger warning for today's episode, this podcast and this video will contain content that will be considered disturbing to some listeners. So listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners below the age of 13. So this house is very famous in Venice, and it has become known as the house that kills, but it is more formally known as the Palazzo Dario, which means the house or the palace of goodness. This house is very old. It was constructed in 1479, so very long time ago. It was remodeled on the inside during the end of the 19th century. And there have been tons and tons of owners that we will talk about. The Palazzo Dario is believed by many locals to be the most haunted and even cursed house in Venice proper. In fact, even fishermen refuse to cast their nets in this area because they don't think that they'll catch fish or I guess the fish will be cursed, I don't know, (laughs) but they're very superstitious of this area, and those who have dared to walk past the home or even just stare upon it reported a feeling of uneasiness. And the beautiful and ancient house was built on Venice's Grand Canal, so it sits like right on the water. You can go right past it on a gondola, which you can do on a tour. And it's located more specifically in Dorsoduro near the Peggy Guggenheim Museum. It can also be viewed from across the Grand Canal, opposite of the boat stop South Maria del Giglio. So just getting really specific in case you ever want to go see it. In many ways, the Palazzo Dario doesn't look any different from other palazzos, palaces, palaces? Yeah, palaces in the area. It has a Venetian Gothic style with pointed archways, brick, marble, and it's four stories tall, so it's pretty fancy. 
there's been more inspiration added from the Byzantine and Ottoman empires, like windows with stone grills and ornamental rooftops. And this is likely because this area did tons of international trade and commerce, and this brought a wide variety of styles and cultures. So according to Demora Italian Real Estate, the Palazzo Dario has eight bedrooms, eight bathrooms, and it is a thousand square meters. There's also a roof terrace, a garden, a balcony, and much, much more. So I'll be sure to put these photos on the Instagram page. I will try my best to put them in the YouTube video, but still learning what I'm doing here. So apologies if they don't get put in. Anyway, the house is actually on sale now. Nobody lives in it. It is on sale though for 20 million pounds. <laughs> The website, of course, mentions nothing about the Palazzo's sketchy history. Let's get into that now. We're going to begin in 1479. A man named Giovanni Dario built the house with the help of a famous architect named Pietro Lombardo. The palace was supposed to be a wedding gift for his daughter, Marietta. Giovanni Dario was a very important person in Venice, and he was a businessman, a notary of the Duke, and was known as the savior of the homeland after he managed to negotiate a peace treaty with the Turks that came that same year. So he was very wealthy, and rumors of the house being cursed began as early as 1494, when the original owner, Giovanni Dario, passed away. When he passed, the house was then inherited by his daughter, Marietta. She and her husband, Vincenzo Barbaro, moved in, and Vincenzo was a wealthy merchant, but soon after moving into the home, he was struck with very unexpected bad luck. He actually became bankrupt, and then he was stabbed to death. So Marietta was overcome with grief, and she actually took her own life. She threw herself into the Grand Canal. So the curse seems to carry into the Dario family's third generation as well, with Vincenzo and Marietta's son. Though at this point, they were known as the Barbaros family, since Marietta was married to Vincenzo Barbero. It's unclear if the son's name was Vincenzo or Jacobo, which seem like very different names, but I was getting multiple names from different sources, uh, but we're just going to go with Vincenzo. And it's said that Vincenzo was actually murdered by assassins in the city of Candia in Crete, and their other son Gasparo also died when he was just 18 years old. So now we've had the main guy that built the house die, his daughter die, her husband die, and then both of their sons. So pretty crazy. Uh, some of them died by murder, others by suicide, but this is really where the curse began, was with the Dario name. So some Venetians began to, of course, speculate if this was all just coincidence or something more sinister. Enterprising Venetians examined the Latin inscription on the ground floor of the Palazzo Dario, which reads, and forgive me if I say this wrong, Joannes Darius Genio, translating to Giovanni Dario in honor of the city genius. And someone actually determined the anagram for this, which reads in Latin, sub ruina insidiosa genero, which roughly translates to I create under an insidious ruin, or who will live in this house will be ruined. So this could obviously just be a major coincidence, but it is interesting to imagine 
that the house itself was constructed and inscripted with a curse. And when I read this translation, to me, I picture the house feeding off of the destruction of others. So many generations of the Dario family did go through periods of owning the house after all of this occurred, and nothing happened, as far as we know. So there were like 300 years that passed where other generations of the family would move in, move out, and they led normal lives, as far as we can tell historically. But in the early 19th century, the Palazzo Dario was bought by someone outside of the Dario bloodline for the very first time. This was when the curse seemed to come back. And this is when the house got its nickname, the house that kills. So the house was purchased by Arbit Abdal, a wealthy Armenian merchant who worked in jewelry. And Abdal was a bit of a scammer. He sometimes sold cut glass and convinced his clientele that it was real diamonds. So Abdal was also the first person to move into the palazzo after it had its major interior renovations in the 19th century. But soon after he moved in, Abdal ran into major financial troubles. He ended up having to sell the palazzo in 1838, and not long after this, he actually died. So the new owner, Rodden Brown, also known as an English scholar and historian, moved to Venice in 1833, and rumors say that within four years of him purchasing the palazzo, Brown was also in total financial ruin. Locals also found that he was gay, and they ostracized him for it and shunned him. Then in 1842 came a murder-suicide. So it's said that Brown allegedly killed his lover, then killed himself. Now this is where it gets a little bit murky because other sources say he hit financial trouble when he was doing remodeling on the home, but then he sold it for good profit later and died peacefully years later at age 77. So pretty different stories. In 1896 though, we do know that there was a new owner the home was bought by Countess Isabel Gontran de la Bombe Pluvenel. So, quite a name. And a French poet named Henri de Regenier stayed there as a guest, actually. But Henri was inflicted by a serious illness as soon as he stayed there, and he had to leave. In 1908, the Palazzo actually brought inspiration for the famous French painter Claude Monet. So, fun fact, Monet painted the Palazzo Dario during a trip to Venice at least four times that we know of, and it was painted by Monet several different times in order to capture the palace in different lights and colors, and Monet just found it so beautiful. So, throughout the day as the sun would rise and set, Monet would paint it again. Then. Charles Briggs, an American millionaire, purchased the palazzo in the early to mid 20th century. So there's another legend with Briggs, quite similar to Rodden Brown. Brown was allegedly ostracized from the community for being gay as well, which drove him to leave the country and actually relocate to Mexico. So it was there that Briggs's lover is said to have committed suicide. In the early 1960s, a world-famous operatic singer named Mario Delmonico planned to purchase the palazzo. But on his way there, he was actually in a very bad car accident. And the legend has it that while he was in the ambulance being taken to the hospital, the singer shouted to his secretary, destroy those papers, referring to the documents of purchase for the Palazzo Dario. 
So the sale was canceled. In the 1970s, a new owner named Count Filippo Giordano de la Lance was killed by his young friend and alleged lover a Croatian sailor named Raul Vlasic. The murder weapon was a silver vase, and Raul then fled from the police to London, but was assassinated soon after. The next owner's name you might recognize, Christopher Lambert, also known as Kit Lambert. Kit Lambert managed the well-known British rock band, The Who, and he lived at the Palazzo part-time as his other home was in London. And Lambert actually knew about the alleged curse. He found it fascinating. It's said that this was a major contributing factor for him purchasing the home, though he didn't believe in the curse. But after he moved in, it seems that he changed his mind on his beliefs of the curse. It's said that when his friends would come and visit, he would encourage them to get a hotel nearby rather than staying in this huge palace with plenty of room. Others say he also stayed at a hotel and even the gondola kiosk across the street rather than staying in the palazzo, claiming he was being haunted by the many spirits that filled the inside. Lambert did struggle with drug use and spending a lot of money, and Kit Lambert later died in London after he fell down the stairs in 1981. His cause of death was a cerebral hemorrhage. Later in the 80s, there was a new owner named Fabrizio Ferrari, and this was a Venetian businessman. Fabrizio Ferrari moved in with his sister, Nicoletta, who he was very close with, and Ferrari was also, like the other owners, very wealthy. He was a socialite, he liked to throw lavish parties, and he would have receptions in the home for Italian socialites. Soon after the purchase of the home, however, Ferrari went into financial ruin. He also lost his sister, Nicoletta, in an unwitnessed car crash. So then, another owner came, an Italian businessman and financer named Raul Gardini, and Gardini became very caught up in a public financial corruption scandal, Tangentopoli, and in 1993, he allegedly committed suicide in Milan. In 2002, Kit Lambert's old friend, the bass player for The Who, John Entwistle, rented the Palazzo for a week while on vacation. One week after the trip, he died of a heart attack. He was 57 years old. Do keep in mind he had a pre-existing heart condition, a long history of smoking, and he had been using cocaine. So because the alleged curse of the Palazzo Dario has become so well known, it has become the most famous house in Italy. While the curse attracts some, it drives away others, including many locals. In fact, Woody Allen, the famous director, actor, and comedian, attempted to buy the Palazzo before backing out. Some believe this was due to the curse. The building is now supposedly privately owned by an American corporation though this is unconfirmed. While technically only one person died in the walls of the palazzo, as far as we know, one can't help but wonder why so many people who stayed in this house had a major string of bad luck or a tragic end. Many locals strongly believe in the curse. Some say the house is haunted by the original owner, Giovanni Dario. Also of important note, the house was constructed on top of an ancient Knights of Templar cemetery from a thousand years ago, 
Some believe this was disrespectful to the dead and that their spirits haunt the home. Others say the house is alive and feeds off of the destruction of people who inhabit it. The Palazzo is a very popular tourist attraction, so I thought it would be fun to read a couple of reviews that I found online about the Palazzo. So first I found a five-star review that reads, definitely infested with demons, highly recommend viewing from a distance. So there you go. Then I found a four-star review that just says, the house curses, straight to the point. Then I found a two-star review that reads, seeing it from the outside makes no sense. I'm not sure what they're trying to say there. Maybe because it looks so normal and pretty on the outside. I'm not sure, but <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Everything that I could find in regards to the Palazzo, I just told you, but I thought it would be fun to get into into some other spooky Venetian legends as well. There is also a street called Cala della Toletta, where a so-called witch's clock keeps the neighborhood ticking. The clock hangs off of an exterior piping of a yellow house. It's an old school alarm clock, essentially. So the legend goes that a witch once lived in the yellow house, where she often dabbled in black magic. She would use the alarm to remind her customers to make payments on time. Then when the witch died, the residents hung an alarm clock on the building, basically in jest, to make fun of how she used to use this clock. So it sounds like she kept the alarm in the house originally, but when she died, the residents either took that alarm out and hung it up outside or placed a different alarm outside. But either way, it was out of disrespect for the witch. Years later, the alarm clock was removed and the neighborhood started to report strange things happening. They would hear odd sounds, random accidents would happen. Eventually, the clock was returned back to its position on the exterior piping and the strange happenings stopped. Years later, they removed the clock again and the neighborhood again had unexplained events. So the clock was placed back permanently. There is also a Venetian legend of a giant skeleton that walks around after midnight. On the streets surrounding Basilica de Santi Giovanni El Paolo, according to legend, this giant was one of the last bell ringers of St. Mark's Bell Tower. He was seven feet tall, and the bell ringer's height made him a local celebrity. A director of a small scientific institute offered him a fee to leave his skeleton to science when he died. The bell ringer agreed, later rationalizing that he could outlive the institute director and the deal would be forgotten about. But shortly after this deal, the bell ringer died. His skeleton went on display at the Museo di Storia Naturale di Venezia, though I couldn't find any mention of this on the museum's website. Castello residents say every night, just before midnight, the skeleton walks out of the museum to Piazza San Marco, where he climbs to the top of the bell tower, rings the bells, then walks the streets towards his home on Corte Prasana, begging for money so that he can buy back his skeleton and be free. Similar to the legend of the Palazzo Dario, there is another palazzo known as the House of Spirits, Palazzo Contarini del Zafo, which has been notoriously recognized as a hub of dark magic. It's a preferred location for cults to operate, orgies, pirates, and smugglers. It's also allegedly a well-known gathering place 
for the restless spirits of Venice. The ghost of Pietro Luzzo is said to dwell there, who was a painter who shot himself in the palace grounds. It said his ghost appeared in one of the palace's windows, prompting the owner to cover the window with bricks. But Luzzo wanted, I guess, to get some attention, so he continued to appear in all the different windows throughout the palazzo until eventually the owner had walled in every single window. It's said in the evenings you can hear Luzzo in the palace screaming. The home also once served as a hospital where thousands of Venetians died from the plague. Later on, the building hosted an anatomical theater where autopsies were performed. In 1929, four bodies were found in the home allegedly missing their heads and their right hands. In 1947, a woman's dismembered body was found submerged in the lagoon right in front of the building. The woman was identified as Linda Savetta. It's said that she was murdered for financial reasons. Linda lived in Belluno, where she managed her family's bar. She had arrived in Venice to buy cigarettes to resell on the black market. She was killed by Bartomeo Toma who was a gambler, and his accomplice was a gondolier named Luigi Sardi. Her body was found in a trunk two weeks later by local fishermen. This event supposedly contributes to the reason fishermen believe this area is cursed and refuse to fish there. Between the Grand Canal and the Giudecca Canal lies the Punta della Dogana. This is one of the most photographed spots in Venice. Allegedly, in the depths of the water lives a large serpent, like a distant cousin of Nessie from Loch Ness. Several fishermen have sworn to see the serpent appear out of the dark waters on moonless nights. One witness even claimed to have seen the serpent eating a seagull. At the start of the 16th century, a man named Biagio Carnio had an inn in Venice where he sold sausages and cooked rich stews. He closely guarded his recipes and would sell his tasty food rather cheap. His inn was very popular until a hungry diner found a child's finger complete with a fingernail lodged in a sausage casing. Biagio allegedly was killing children and cooking their flesh, Venice's very own version of Sweeney Todd. When the secret came to light, it's said that Biagio's hands were cut off and hung like sausages around his neck. He was then beheaded between the two pillars on Piazzetta San Marco, where his body was quartered. The inn was destroyed and Venetians did their best to delete all references of him to the point where the story of Biagio is hard to historically verify. But to this day, on the Grand Canal, there is a small waterfront path called Riva de Biasso, which is the nickname Biagio's friends often called him. Now, I know I've told a ton, and there are many more urban legends, so I'm going to end with one final story. The island of Poveglia is the most famous haunted place in the Venetian lagoon. Some say it is the most haunted place in the world. Centuries ago, during the plague outbreaks, victims, both alive and dead, would be taken to Paveglia to die there. They would be buried on the island. 
the island became one giant burial ground with over 160,000 bodies. Later on, a psychiatric hospital was built on Paveglia, and it's said that the patients there were experimented on and tortured by the head doctor. This doctor later committed suicide by throwing himself off the hospital's tower. It said he did not die instantly, but succumbed to his injuries after falling. There have been many ghost sightings at Paveglia. The island is now off limits, and the surviving structures are falling apart. It's believed by locals to be cursed, and that its soil is mixed with the ashes of people who died there and who were buried there. So those are some creepy and interesting legends of Venice and the legend of the Palazzo Dario. So what do you guys think? Do you think the house is haunted? Cursed? Do you believe any of these urban legends? Let me know. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, remember those ways to support. You can follow the podcast, leave a five-star review, subscribe on the YouTube channel, and be sure to check out my socials on TikTok and Instagram. If you have a topic request or you want to send me a crazy story, you can DM me on Instagram or you can send me an email at perplexitymysterypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening and watching. I will talk to you guys soon. Bye.